In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending March 20th, we of course celebrated National Agriculture Day this past Wednesday. And as we celebrated this annual event, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's National Agriculture Statistics Service reported that family-owned farms remain the backbone of the agricultural industry. The latest data comes from the Census of Agriculture Farm Typology Report, which helps shine some light on the question, what is a family farm? NAS Statistics Division Director Hubert Hammer says as we wrap up mining the 6 million data points from the latest Census of Agriculture, we use typology to further explore the demographics of who is farming and ranching today. And what we found is that family-owned businesses, while very diverse, are at the core of the U.S. agriculture industry. In fact, 97% of all U.S. farms are family-owned. Now, the 2012 Census of Agriculture Farm Typology Report is a special data series that primarily focuses on the family farm. By definition, a family farm is any farm where the majority of the business is owned by the operator and individuals related to the operator, including through blood, marriage, or adoption. Key highlights from the report include the following five facts about family farms in the U.S., They include food equals family. 97% of the 2.1 million farms in the U.S. are family-owned operations. Number two, small business matters. 88% of all U.S. farms are small family farms. Number three, local connections come in small packages. 58% of all direct farm sales to consumers come from small family farms. Number four, Big business matters too. 64% of all vegetable sales and 66% of all dairy sales come from the 3% of farms that are large or very large family farms. And number five, farming provides new beginnings. 18% of principal operators on family farms in the U.S. started within the last 10 years. In other news, the latest cases of avian influenza reported in the U.S. serve as reminders of the importance of biosecurity practices on poultry farms. With more on that story, here's Rod Bain. In recent days, along parts of the Mississippi River, news of some commercial turkey farms diagnosed as contaminated with highly pathogenic avian influenza. We have started to see it in the Mississippi flyway in Minnesota, Missouri, and Arkansas, and those viruses turned out to be H5N2. T.J. Myers of USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service says investigation is ongoing into these recent cases. What is known is high-path AI can be carried by wild birds, waterfowl-like ducks, with strains not harmful to them, but that are fatal to poultry if they are contaminated. So with that in mind, Myers says a poultry producer's best defense against pathogens, whether they are a commercial or backyard operation, is practicing biosecurity measures. Because there is a variety of ways that poultry are produced, biosecurity is always specific to each particular facility. However, there are some basic biosecurity measures any poultry operation must perform. One thing you need to look at is all traffic onto and off of the farm. And that traffic includes trucks, equipment, people. Also, wherever it's possible to do so, you really need to be disinfecting anything that comes on the farm. Truck tires, equipment, boots, anything like that to minimize any tracking of the virus onto farms. The number of visitors to flock should be kept to a minimum, Meyer says, on an as-needed basis. And folks need to really think about any contact that they have with poultry or wild waterfowl outside of the farm. With migratory season for wild birds now underway, they're flying over, they're landing in backyards, they're everywhere. Because this virus is shed in fecal material, it's very easy to get contaminated boots and track material onto the farm from really anywhere that you go. That means whether it's a commercial operation or backyard flock, 
Keep poultry indoors, or at least covered. Keeping birds indoors is the best way to prevent that contact from wild birds. I know that a lot of backyard flocks, that's very, very difficult, but at least a roof over the fenced enclosure, double fencing to prevent any across-the-fence kind of contact with wild birds. And Meyer says poultry farmers should check water and ventilation sources. Are you getting water from a well or are you getting water from ponds and streams to provide to poultry? We certainly want to prevent the latter because of that potential contact with wild birds. And folks also need to look at ventilation and any other ways that any sort of contamination can get into facilities. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Tyron Spearman reported this week that many peanut farmers are hoping to see some new contracts for this year's crop. Peanut farmers are gearing up for the new season. In about a month, they'll be planting their new peanut crop, and they need to get the soil temperature about 68 degrees for three consecutive days. They're looking for contracts at their local buying points. Earlier this year, we had a $400 per ton peanut contract, but now we've got a Howell Lake contract in some cases that is at $400, but most of those have been filled, and a three seventy-five per ton on non-Howell Lake peanuts. That equals to $0.47 cents a pound, and you can ride the market for each $0.01 cent increase. The contract price will increase $13.50 per ton. Right now, the shale market price is holding at $0.45 cents per ton on medium runners. Contracts were released this week in the Virginia, Carolina area, and that's important to farmers in this area. They're getting a 425 per ton for Virginia-type peanuts. Some isolated contracts went as high as 435 before they were closed. Tonnage is limited at each buying point. Also, they're offering in that area $400 per ton on the flex contract on Howell Egg peanuts, 375 on non-Howell Egg peanut contracts, and that is equal to the contract in the southeast. Some shellers are not accepting any new growers in that region and have requested a 20% reduction in acreage grown in Virginia type that could be planted in runner type peanuts. North Carolina mainly grew 84,000 acres of Virginia's last year and 8,500 acres of runners. They said that they have a 239-day supply of Virginia type peanuts and only a 77-day supply of runner type peanuts. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Kathy Isom had a story this week on the changing face of farming and how that includes younger female operators. Jamie Cruz grew up on the family farm. Every day of my life there, it was an awesome childhood. Now in her 30s, Cruz inherited the farm when she was about 21 years old. Kind of taken it off from there and evolved the farm because the farm was a farm. It, it, you know, it needed to restructure itself to be a business. It wasn't just all about growing food and, you know, doing it to get by. There's a lot more to it now. Cruz and her mom made some significant changes. We've always been fruit and vegetable producers. We made the decision to get into cattle, hogs, poultry, lambs, and goats, which has offered more to our customer base. Springdale Farm in Littleton, Massachusetts is not far from Boston. People want to go out to the farm. They want to see the farm and they want to access fresh food. And, you know, now our farm stand can be open and offer more. Crew says the Buy Local campaign has bode well for business. I think that that makes what I do more rewarding because you look the consumer in the eye. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And we wrap up this week's podcast with Everett Grinder talking about how California tree nuts have become a worldwide treat. Well, except for pecans, uh, we're all aware that California is the tree nut center of the world. And pecan production is steadily growing. Walnuts, cashews, almonds, you name it. If you have a can or a bag in your home, they most likely came from California. But California nuts are eaten and enjoyed at a lot of places other than American homes. California growers export their tasty nuts all over the world. 
close to 60 million pounds or went to Hong Kong alone last year. China imports tons of California nuts of all varieties. Let me just mention a few others. Places like Kuwait, Jordan, Thailand. The vast tonnages still shipped to more traditional countries, Germany, Brazil, Australia, you name it. Export tonnages down because of the devastating drought. It has reduced production since it began. Well, hopefully that's going to change. Maybe for all California farmers, they all need it. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. Those reports and more can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.